Well, greetings. I'm so grateful to be here today. My name is Cami Gaston, and I am the Center for Leadership Director at the North Texas Annual Conference. I'm coming here today in part because I'm friends with the folks here at TREACH, and I'm also representing the United Methodist Church and really want to bring you greetings from the United Methodist Church. My husband and I served in Flower Mound several years ago, about 15, and we found ourselves uh, to be people who were blessed by the community here. Um, we left with creative ideas. Our son went to elementary school here, and all of those things are just really important to uh, our life and our history, and so I'm so glad to be back today. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, as we gather this day, we give you thanks and praise for your Holy Spirit's presence in our life. And today we come to celebrate the many ways, Lord, that you have magnified your name and that you are a part of our life. Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you as we come to know you better today. In the name of Christ, amen. I share with you the scripture today that is Mary's Magnificat, a beautiful scripture coming from Luke chapter one and beginning of verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on in all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy and according to the promises he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I think about uh, the ideas that I particularly had as I came from this place in Flower Mound and all the many ideas that people have had that, that were those uh, faithful people over the years, I've asked myself the question, how is it that some ideas just take root and just flourish and others, well, sometimes they don't really go anywhere. It reminded me of my friend, Matt Russell and, and his colleague, um, Marlon uh, Lizama, and how it is that they had this great idea and they wanted to see if it would work. And they asked themselves these questions, or these questions. What if we offered writing classes to underserved young people? What if those writing classes let them say whatever they wanted to say without any kind of judgment? What if the things they said were so rough, struggling, that maybe they had a hard time and needed support. So what if we offered them some social and emotional and counseling support? 
what if this took root and they got so excited that something more came of it, like maybe a book or some curriculum? What if this kind of way of communicating or writing changed their lives? What if we put this into practice? So they tried it out and they had their first workshop and they called it They Say and they made it into a book. It's called Iconoclast Poetry Collection. And here's some words that came from a young woman who really found her voice in this place. Who am I, she says, the reflection of my past, the result of actions of others, the result of the love of a single mother? Who am I? Am I another girl, tired of crying every day, tired of being hurt, tired of feeling like I'm damaged? Because, well, that's what they say. Who am I? What questions live in, in my head? Because I don't have the clear answers. I'm constantly changing over and over and over again. Who am I? I am just me. I'm real. Who am I? Just another person looking for answers. These are the words of Melanie Allman, where she found her voice. As I think about her words, I, I wonder myself about who I am. Don't all of us wonder who we are right now when we think about all the things that have gone on over the last couple of years? Who are we in the midst of everything that's happened? Who are we in the midst of, of different points of view and, and threat, threats to our health? Who are we? All of us find ourselves in places where we ask these kind of deep questions. And we, I know we long for a kind of mercy that, that could come to us in, in asking those questions. As I prepared to come to Treach, I began to think about my connections here at the church. And it brought up an old memory that I had not thought of for years. It was actually about 25 years ago. And we were having a meeting here at Treach for a walk to Mass. And I was on my way from DeSoto, about an hour drive. And um, some things had happened this, that week that were really tough. And it had me in a really deep conversation with God. And as I was talking to God in the car, I don't know if you've ever done that, but man, we were having a really, really important conversation. I, uh, I was really bargaining with God. I was asking God, are you really real? I had been so disappointed by somebody's behavior that week that I started wondering, was love real? Was trust real? Was it something I could count on? And as I started thinking about that, I, I became just more and more animated with God until I missed the turnoff to get to Treach Memorial and went straight up 35 and found myself smack dab in the middle of Denton 
almost to the University of North Texas, and I had to turn around and come back. And on my way back, in that turning around, it was as if God grabbed onto me and said, don't you know, <laughs> human beings are human beings, but I, I am God. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to not love you. I'm not going to be untrustworthy. I will be with you. And it's this is powerful moment for me as I parked my car in the parking lot and walked downstairs into one of the classrooms downstairs and listened to everyone singing, you are my all in all. You are my strength when I'm weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. And then they moved into this, this song, be bold, be strong for the Lord your God is with you. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you. And it was as if there was this um, coming together of, wow, I had not really realized how much I'd put my faith in human beings rather than God. How much I'd, I'd, I'd really counted on people being just perfect and loving perfectly when all along we as human beings, well, we're, we're fallible. We, we don't always come through. But you know what? I found out that day, that, that experience in downstairs classroom at Treach was that I could count on God. I could always count on God and God was never going to leave me. And that song, those, those, those lyrics, they just sung in my heart. Gosh, as I thought about that, I thought about the fact that Mary's song as she sings out is not so far away. Um, she sings about being lowly and how it is that God chose her, that God made God's presence absolutely known to her. And in that, that presence of being known, she couldn't do anything else but just sing out. She was uh, talking and singing about the fact that God was merciful to her. Now, we, we don't know why she might have even been saying that, what might have been going on in her life, why she might have needed to have mercy from God. We don't know. Uh, her story of particularly uh, the circumstances of what it was like to live in Nazareth. But what we do know is that Nazareth was not very noted in the kingdom. It wasn't a powerful place. It was a place where um, persons may have really needed in a, in a more deep way the mercy of God. And when she found herself surprised by the encounter with God, God choosing her to bear the word, to bear a son. She could do nothing else but magnify the, the experience that she had, the real experience of God in her life. I think this is one of the most powerful things about this experience of Mary is that she experienced the real God and then she bore that God and God's word on earth as a gift of mercy. And we got to experience the merciful God that, that um, God always wants to be known as. T today, I'm talking a little bit, I wanna talk a little bit about what you see here before you. This is this, a beautiful stole that was made by a woman in Peru. Aurela is her name and Aurela put together 76 animated characters on this stool. 
And she did it out of her own faith. She did it out of a sense of wanting to share the stories of God and of Jesus. And you can see at the very top, that there's a picture of Mary who's connected with the angel who, who tells her she's gonna bear a son. And then the story of Joseph and Mary and the birth of Jesus and all the way down to the baptism of Jesus. And then Jesus's works of miracles and mercies that happen as Jesus interacts with the people of God. She lifts up all the most important components and pieces that are important to her faith, ultimately ending in the resurrection of Christ. It is when we come to life and faith and know the real God that we use our hands to sow, that we use our voices to speak, that we use our hands to write, that we use our hands to serve. It is in all of those ways that, that we come to magnify the beautiful gift of the merciful God that loves us. As I think about uh, all the different ways that I've known this, one particular story comes to mind to me um, down in Dallas. Chad Hauser, who is someone I knew as a confirmation student, became a chef. And when he became a chef, he was, um, you know, in just his element. And he got invited to go to a youth detention center to do an ice cream contest one particular spring. And during that period of time, he met someone else that was a part of the youth detention center who knew how to cook, loved to cook, and wanted to be as creative as he did. He found a soul kind of friend in this particular young man. And they together entered an ice cream contest. And in that ice cream contest, they created all these different flavors, became super creative, and won that ice cream contest. And Chad will say that that experience changed his life forever because he saw that when you offer love and dignity and mercy and care to another person, then you elevate them, you magnify their life and give them worth. And so what he did was he opened a place called Cafe Momentum. And as he opened that cafe up, he employed this young man and many others who were part of the detention center at one point to help them have new life, new worth, new purpose. And he invested in them so that they might become new. One day my husband and I went down to have dinner at Cafe Momentum and we're sitting around the table. And as we were sitting around the table, I wasn't really sure what I wanted on the menu, but my husband was pretty sure what he wanted. So he, he jumped in and said, well, uh, I'd like to have this young man. And he, the young man looked over at my husband and said, um, I'm sorry, sir, but I need to take the order of the woman first. <laughs> we both laughed about that as we thought about the fact that so many times we don't honor one another like we need to. And yet in these moments, this young man was learning how to honor another in a new way and becoming new. I love the kind of work that Chad is doing.
as I think back about this poem, Who Am I? And the work that Matt Russell did and uh, Marlon Lazama did, I think about the what ifs, the ideas that they had. What if these kind of things that we want to do around writing could change somebody's life? You have to have some kind of faith to know that God changes lives and sometimes changes lives over a long period of time. But every seed, every investment, every hope we have in someone just like God did in Mary that lifted her up, showed her mercy, gives the person an opportunity to express themselves in ways that, that share the light of Christ, that share God. I have another poem I wanna to read to you of it from a young man who, who really understood that and became transformed. It's from Nathaniel, and Nathaniel says, he, or maybe I might put in God, God is a part of me and he is a part of you. He can speak tongues of aliens and communicate with the common. He's been there when light shields the darkness. He walked with you just to reach her and a million more. He chants words that fill the open. A black hole is no man. Nathaniel is one of those changed lives. One of those persons that, that knows what it means to know the depth love of God and never be alone. So why do some ideas take off while others don't? Well, could it be that most powerful ideas magnify and partner with God's redemptive work? Could it be that carrying the word of God empowers us and sets us free? Marianne Williamson says it this way, we were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I think the most powerful light that we own is the light of God, is the light of Christ within us. That light, that light that shines never goes out. That light is worth singing about. That light is a gift. And that light is what I hope we can proclaim as we write, as we sing, as we sow, as we share the love of God with our hands in service to others. The light of Christ, it's a real thing. And I praise God today for all of it and how it illuminates my life and your life. And I pray that you'll look at your own lives and see how it is that 
the light of Christ is in you and you're living that out. How are you claiming Christ? How are you claiming that God is real for you? How will you give it to another person so that somebody who needs mercy, who needs to be empowered, will also know the love of Christ this day? I pray this be so in the name of Christ. Amen.